For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello all and welcome all to another edition of the DFS Today podcast. I am your host Mike Lefemina and today we will be discussing the week 9 NFL main slate for DraftKings. Uh, I will be riding solo tonight on this Friday night edition of the pod. Uh, My main man Keith was unavailable. So we're going to quickly touch on the best plays and go position by position through the main slate, as I mentioned. Before we get going, I just want to mention that with basketball in full swing, now is the crown jewel of the sports ethos season. Tons and tons of tools to give you your edge in all of your fantasy basketball leagues this season to help you crush the competition. Tons and tons of options of subscription packages on the site that fits your budget and fits your needs. So go to sportsethos.com and check it out. All right, moving on. So week nine is pretty gross. There's tons and tons of injuries, especially at the quarterback position. We do not get two of the best teams in the league on the main slate with the Chiefs and the Dolphins playing in Germany. That is at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. So it's rough out there. We're back to 10 games on the main slate, four teams on bye. So, yeah, there's uh, slim pickings this week. Um, If you are someone who likes to pay down at quarterback, this is your week. This is your week to do it, right? Um, There are one, two. Three, four, five, six quarterbacks. Six priced at 5,000 or below that will be getting the start this week. There's an additional one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight priced between 5,100 and 5,800. That makes 14. Of the 20 starting quarterbacks this week on the slate, below 6,000. Then you get your one, two, three, 
four in from 6,000 to 6,500, and then two options at 8K or above. I do not remember quite having a dynamic like this heading into a slate. As you guys know who have been following my work, it is my MO to pay down at quarterback, to pay down at defense, to pay down at tight end, and stack the positional players, especially for my cash game lineups. This week, however, kind of is a tricky spot because there isn't a whole lot to pay up for that is really all that interesting from the skilled position players. Uh, we'll get into that in a little bit. But for now, let's start at the quarterback position. So I mentioned the big pricing disparity and weird dynamic that the quarterback sees this week. If you are going to spend up for your cash games, your two options are Lamar Jackson or Jalen Hurts. Lamar Jackson gets a matchup with Seattle. Jalen Hurts, of course, gets a home bout with the Cowboys. Similar decision to last week. Obviously, the Eagles matchup was a lot more palatable going against the Washington Commanders defense. Now going against the Dallas defense is quite the difference. But Lamar Jackson was in an equally uh, matchup that was appealing going against Arizona last week. Um, and Seattle's a middle-of-the-road sort of opponent quarterback to be facing. So my default in this scenario is go with the safer floor, and that to me is Jalen Hurts even going against this Dallas defense. If they are vulnerable anywhere, it is through the secondary. I don't know how great they'll be able to slow down Jalen Hurts on the ground. Um, Micah Parsons is going to have his hands full with one of the best offensive lines in the league. What do they do with A.J. Brown? What do they do with Devonta Smith? This Philadelphia offensive, this passing attack in specifically, is absolutely cooking right now. Uh, they are at home. It should be a close game where the Cowboys, much like Washington ended up doing last week, should be able to somewhat keep pace with the Eagles, if not put them in a trailing game script, considering how poor Philadelphia's secondary and defense in general has been this season. Dak coming off his easily his best game of the season. Uh, reconnected, refound that connection with CeeDee Lamb. Uh, so there's a lot, there's a lot to indicate that there will be more points scored for Dallas and Philadelphia. Um, 
Now, why do I say that Jalen Hurts has a safer floor than Lamar Jackson? I just trust that his rushing upside, not upside, but his more consistent rusher than Lamar Jackson. We do see Lamar get after it on the ground from time to time, but it's not it's not like it used to be. And I hate to sound like a broken record, but we know what Philly's going to do at the goal line. That is not what Baltimore is going to do at the goal line. Um, we also get a 47-point total on the Cowboys-Eagles game and only a 44-point total for Baltimore and Seattle. Now, there is this awkward mid-range of Dak Prescott, Matthew Stafford if he plays, C.J. Stroud, and Geno Smith all in the 6 to 6,500 range. If you wanted to go Dak Prescott, I understand. Um, it's probably more of a tournament play for me than a cash game play for me. Uh, the floor on Dak is there. It's a little low, lower than I would like uh, if I'm paying 6500 for a quarterback. So for me, all those guys are a pretty easy skip for a cash game and are tournament considerations only for me. If I am spending down my two favorite options at the moment, would either be Sam Howell at 5,800 going against New England. Um, I really do expect positive things for Washington's offense moving forward, considering they got rid of two of their best defensive linemen in what was already a pretty shaky defense to begin with. Now, obviously, the... Patriots are no best show on turf St. Louis Rams on offense. They have had plenty of their own shortcomings on that end of the field. But I think they should be able to move the ball enough. And just Washington's own incompetencies to keep this game Close. I don't think there's a blowout potential. Um, and we've seen Sam Howell absolutely chuck the ball around. And this New England secondary is decent, but it's not anything I'm going out of my way to avoid. The other spend down option for me would be Dan, the returning Daniel Jones at 5,600 going against the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, Danny Dimes always provides a rushing upside to go with the what we saw was a youth movement in the passing attack for the Giants before um, we saw Jones get injured and Tyrod Taylor get inserted into the lineup. We saw Jalen Hyatt and Wandale Robinson start to get a majority of the targets compared to dust balls like Isaiah Hodgins and Paris Campbell. Now, with Darren Waller being out, that is makes it a little less attractive. 
so that is something I'm going to have to consider. Baker Mayfield is in consideration at 5,200. Gardner Minshew is in consideration at 5,200. Uh, they all project pretty close. Um, but for me, it's probably going to come down to Sam Howell or Jalen Hurts. Moving on now to the running back position. And much like last week, the stone cold no-brainer to me is Alvin Kamara. He did get a pretty significant price bump all the way up to $8,100, but I do not care. Um, his role in this offense is just elite, elite, elite. The Chicago defense is the opposite of elite. You can choose whatever adjective you want to describe that. There, They had shown some signs of improvement, but we saw against a real offense what happened last Sunday night going against the Chargers. A lot of checkdowns to Austin Eckler, and I expect the same thing to continue this week for the Saints. I just don't have any confidence that Carr has any interest in really oftenly pushing the ball down the field. He's going to hit Michael Thomas. He's going to hit Alvin Kamara early and often. Then there is the other spend-up options that are available to us. Saquon Barkley at 7,900, I think makes for an interesting play. I think Josh Jacobs continues to get a great role. The results aren't there. Perhaps the Raiders come out with a little more zip and a little more pep after the coaching change this week. That is to be determined. Um, you know, I don't know if it's coaching that could have been blamed for the inefficiencies of Josh Jacobs, who has the same exact role that he's had last year, in which he went absolutely nuclear all year and was a league winner. This year, averaging under three yards per carry, Josh Jacobs just has not gotten the job done. The Giants defense has um, improved mightily over the last month or so from what we saw in the woeful beginning for the Giants. I think it's been three of the last four games. They've put up double-digit fantasy points from the defensive position. Um, and we have Aiden O'Connell starting at quarterback for the Raiders. So to be determined what that really is going to look like. We saw one game of it against the Chargers. He filled in admirably, um, but still not enough of a sample to really get a gauge of what. There's a lot of moving parts with the Raiders on offense this week. I mentioned the coaching change. I mentioned the quarterback change. So it's really tough to know for sure what we are getting out of the Raiders this week. Uh, if you want to torture yourself and play Tony Pollard again, he is too cheap for his role. Obviously, the Eagles are the best defense in the league. 
in regards to opposing running back fantasy points and just in real life going against opposing running backs. Uh, the role is elite. They do struggle against uh, their opponents in the red zone. That is the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, but the Cowboys struggle just as much on offense scoring in the red zone. So that'll be a pretty interesting dynamic to keep an eye on. Uh, going down the board, Jonathan Taylor at 6,400. Going against Carolina's meh defense uh, is certainly something to consider. Uh, is that game in Indianapolis? No, it's in Carolina. Okay. Um, if it was in Indianapolis, I'd feel a little more confident. Carolina's defense seems to do well at home and just completely fall apart on the road. But I do like attacking these Indianapolis spots. They play with such a great pace um, and have just been very fantasy friendly so far this season. Bijan Robinson is only $6,100 and is certainly in consider consideration for cash games and tournaments alike. I do expect some ownership coming his way when people see that price tag and see that he did return to his regular role. You can make the argument that the offense should have a little more firepower with Tyler Heineke, uh, Taylor Heineke behind center as opposed to Desmond Ritter. We also got the news that Drake London is out. So the Falcons may rely on the run more than usual, and that could mean a more expanded role for Bijan Robinson going against this Minnesota Vikings defense, which is not a deterrent at all. Some spend-down options that have my eye. Chuba Hubbard at 5,000 going against the aforementioned Colts, who just seem to week after week after week continue to get lit up. Um, now, I don't know if Carolina has the horses to really take advantage of that, but it should be a pace-up spot if you think that Hubbard continues to dominate the work field, uh, the work out of the backfield, which we saw last week, even with a completely healthy Miles Sanders. Um, then he certainly is too cheap at only $5,000. He is in consideration for cash for me, but... Um, probably reserving him to tournament plays only just because there is a hesitancy on my part to really believe that they are just going to give all the reins to Chuber Hubbard after paying Miles Sanders in the offseason. We even saw Blackshear get some work in last week as well. And if you think that it could possibly be a little closer to 50-50 than expected, um, or even a, with 
a sprinkle of black shears continuing to mix in, then it is a little less appealing to me, hence being a tournament play only. But we did get the news that Damian Pierce has been ruled out this week, so that makes Devin Singletary uh, quite a nice play at 4,300, especially for cash. It really doesn't even, as silly as this might sound, it really doesn't even matter what Singletary does at that price. Um, We've seen him start to get more and more work in this offense, even with a healthy Damian Pierce. Damian Pierce, as I just mentioned, has been ruled out. I expect a big workload for Devin Singletary this week in what should be a bounce-back effort for the Texans' offense. I am certainly firing up Singletary in my cash game lineup at 4,300. For tournaments, he will have to be kept an eye on with his ownership. If it gets out of control, uh, it will be an easy fade for me in tournaments. Somebody who could be some low-owned potential GPP plays that could be interesting would be Tony Pollard, I think. Um, I mentioned him. On the other side of the ball, DeAndre Swift. We've seen the ceiling games from him so far this year. Um, Offensive line could be a huge advantage for Philadelphia in this game. Dallas's defensive line is good, um, but they can be a little susceptible to the run at times. If you think that Houston and Tampa can get some scoring going, Rashad White has seen a great role out of that backfield. Um, he's seeing getting a steady dose of targets as well. The efficiency hasn't been there on the ground, but there's really no one pushing him. The likes of Sean Tucker, Keyshawn Vaughn, uh, the return of Chase Edmonds has not pushed White enough yet where I would have any qualms with going to him at 5,600 in a GPP. Um, And Daryl Henderson at 5,100, no one is going to touch. Uh, The Rams' offense has been slowing down a little bit of late, but this Green Bay defense continues to disappoint. This Green Bay team in general continues to disappoint. Um, If... They're a little war. If Stafford is ruled in, this may might be like Henderson a little more. Stafford's a tough guy, but they may try and ease his workload in the passing game. And if they can get out to a little bit of a lead, I could see them going to Henderson, who's had a couple games now to get his legs underneath them. Moving on to wide receiver now. Obviously, AJ Brown is the alpha of all alphas and has completely overtaken that number one role. No questions asked in 
that Philadelphia offense. Um, and projects probably the best of any of the wide receivers this week. C.D. Lamb at 8,200 coming off his best game of the season. We saw that work really well for Dallas. Now, obviously, the Eagles are a little susceptible on the defensive end. So we could see a repeat performance from C.D. Lamb. I prefer him in tournaments. Someone who I am probably going to in my cash game lineup would be Adam Thielen at $7,500. Every time I think that this can't continue or he's getting too pricey and he won't outproduce his price tag, he just keeps burying me again and again and again. And it's only taking me nine weeks, but I am making the adjustment that Adam Thielen is that guy this year. Um, he's working a whole lot more out of the slot, which better suits his game at this stage of his career. Bryce Young does not have a lot else in the terms of targets to go with the football. DJ Chark has been hit or miss. Jonathan Mingo has been slow to get going this season. Terrace Marshall is Terrace Marshall. Uh, Hayden Hurst has started to fade to obscurity at the tight end position. So it's been the Adam Thielen show. And this Colts defense has been getting rocked by opposing wide receivers this year. And I see no reason that that will not continue this week with Adam Thielen. Scary Terry McLaurin at going dropping down to 5,600 is also in consideration for me. I talked already about my feelings with the Washington offense. Curtis Samuel is dealing with a foot issue. Uh, whether he plays or not, I don't think that affects McLaurin at all. And I'm expecting brighter days ahead for McLaurin, who's had a little bit of an injury with the toe to begin the year. Got off to a bit of a slow start, but we've seen McLaurin start to pick up in production. And I expect that uptick in production to continue as the season goes Along, I am not worried about this Patriots secondary. Um, so McLaurin at 5,600 is an option for me. Tank Dell is always in consideration. They find DraftKings finally bumped him up to 5,300. Um, going down, say Flowers once again is in consideration at only 5,700 dollars. You guys know. My feelings on Zay Flowers' potential. I am a little shocked at the lack of production that we saw last week. Um, but I think brighter days are ahead for Zay Flowers. Going down the board further, I think the best value play on the board at the wide receiver position is Demario Pop Douglas. Unfortunately, Kendrick Bourne 
tore his ACL last week and is out for the season for New England. Um, and much like the case for Adam Thielen, just on a way less of a scale, Washington's defense has been horrific this year. And there's not much in the way of targets for Douglas. The other receivers he's competing with, the ghost of Juju Smith-Schuster's past, Devontae Parker is dealing with an injury, Hunter Henry at the tight end position. Um, There's just not a lot there for Douglas to overcome. We've seen him start to come alive the past couple weeks as a reliable option for Mac Jones. Um, And I expect Mac to look his way this week. Probably a fade for me in tournaments. I do expect his ownership to be relatively high just because there's not a lot of comfortable value plays at in this mid 3000s to low 4000s range so i would encourage you to get a little different get uncomfortable in tournaments on weeks like this where it's pretty gross we see ownership kind of congest to the same places Um, and you can really take advantage of that and get different for example um if you like daniel jones and company this week plug in wandale robinson at thirty five hundred dollars which is too cheap for the role that he has plug in noah brown at thirty one hundred for houston if you like tank dell and you like nico collins noah brown for the same reasons could have a great uh be a part of that houston offense this week robert woods is still out no brown will be inserted to that wide receiver three role if that is not your taste deshaun watson appears to be back this week elijah moore gets certainly gets the target work he hasn't been able to make much production of it this year but going against arizona um Elijah Moore at 3,900, I think you could do a lot worse. Playing into the narrative that the Eagles are and Cowboys are going to be a shootout, Brandon Cooks is only 4,400 and projects pretty well at that price tag. If you think the Saints are going to be able to throw the ball well against this Chicago defense, Rashid Shahid can put up monster numbers. Um, he doesn't even he doesn't need the target volume. He just continues to produce. He could go four for one ten and a touchdown. And at forty five hundred dollars, that's a smash. Dare I say, Christian Watson at forty nine hundred. Uh, he just a year ago four touchdowns against the Cowboys. It's there. Can Jordan Love get him the ball? That's another question. But um, 
the upside is there on Watson. So don't be afraid to take some shots in tournaments this week and get a little different is all I implore. Moving on to tight end. Um, to me, tight end is pretty simple this week. It's TJ Hawkinson at 5,200. That's just too cheap. I think that's an overreaction to Kirk Cousins being ruled out for the season. <clears throat> I expect that whoever plays at quarterback for the Vikings, whether it's Josh Jobs the remaining of the season, who had a great connection with Zach Ertz and or Trey McBride with his time in Arizona this season. Um, TJ Hawkinson is easily better than both of those guys. Or it's Jaron Hall, the rookie at a BYU. Uh, Hawkinson provides a great safety blanket. He's not going to put up a ton of yards. It'll probably be a lot of stuff close to the line of scrimmage. But in DraftKings, where it's a PPR setup, every catch matters. And being priced at 5200 as I mentioned, going against Atlanta, who is not the best at defending the tight end, uh, I feel like you could do a lot worse. If 5200 is not your jam, Dalton Schultz at 4200 is certainly viable. Kyle Pitts at 4100 is an interesting tournament play to me. I expect him to pick up some of the slack with Drake London being out this week. Heineke being able to get the ball more on target to Kyle Pitts. Um, I think that makes a ton of sense. Jake Ferguson at 4,000 has a great role, and I've beat it to death about Philly's iffy defensive prowess this season. David Njoku at 3,800 finally got into the end zone last week um, and has had a pretty good role in that Cleveland Browns offense with Deshaun Watson coming back. If that does anything for you, it doesn't really for me, but I understand if you want to go that route. Logan Thomas has upside potential. Um, that's pretty much it for me. I think Trey McBride got priced up a little too much for my taste at 3700 going against the Browns. Uh, I'll let other people chase that. I think that about does it for the tight end position. Wrapping up with defense here. The Browns are the most expensive option going against Arizona and Clayton Toon. Um, obviously, it's appealing. Cash games, it's a no for me. But if you want to go there in tournaments, I take no liberties with that. <clears throat> I think the standard cash game play this week is going to be the Patriots defense. Now, I did mention Sam Howell as a potential quarterback for cash. In cash games, I'm not super worried about that. I, I don't love it, but I will and I have played the quarterback going against the opposing defense um, 
because we're not worried about correlation in DraftKings. We're just worried about, or in cash games, excuse me, we're just worried about beating half of the field or your opponent if you're playing head-to-head and just raw points. We're not worried about ceiling and maximizing the, the roster, right? We're taking base points. <clears throat> and despite being only sacked once last week against the Eagles, Sam Howell is still head and shoulders above the rest of the league in terms of getting sacked. He was getting the ball out a little quicker last week, so we'll see if that is sticky or if that was a game plan specific thing. Uh, worried going against that ferocious front seven or defensive line of the Eagles, and they are going to let Sam Howell is going to regress back to his old self against the Patriots holding on to the ball too long. The commander's not having a, a great offensive line to begin with. Um, Patriots certainly more than capable of getting to the quarterback. So the Patriots at 2,900 is in play. I think the Texans at 3,000 are in play. I'm not a big Baker guy. Uh, I think their offense is slowly beginning to fizzle as the season goes on. And I don't think the Giants at 2,300 is a crazy play either. I mentioned their improvement over the past month or so. People are slow to adjust to that. We're getting Aiden O'Connell, which is no slam dunk to be good. So the Giants at 2,300, if you need the money, are certainly in consideration as well. So that is the position-by-position rundown of the main slate. Some cash game options, some tournament options discussed. Um, Real quick, I just want to touch touch on a couple games to attack if that's the way you like to build your lineups. I've mentioned the Philly-Dallas game. There's studs in that game. Um, There is some ownership going in there. So... If you want to attack that game in a tournament, feel free to think a little differently. I'd expect most people to go to A.J. Brown and C.D. Lamb. Um, Tony Pollard might even get there. Um, His ownership as people talk themselves into the role that he has. Um, So maybe stack Dak with Brandon Cooks, right? And bring it back with Devonta Smith. Just think about a different way that that, if you expect a lot of points in that game, build a little differently to make yourself unique. Um, Carolina and Indianapolis are, that NDD is something I like to attack in DraftKings. Um, Houston and Tampa Bay have some value pieces that you could sprinkle in. And I've mentioned New England, Washington. I, you know, I don't expect that to be a barn burner by any means. Uh, but there are options in that game. Terry McLaurin and Pop Douglas that we touched on. Sam Howell we touched on. 
Ramondre Stevenson, if he is ever going to get going, this is going to be the week. So I don't mind taking a shot on Ramondre as well. That will do it this week for the Friday night edition of the DFS Today podcast, talking DraftKings main slate action. Keep an eye out for my DFS delivery, which will hammer in my cash game cornerstones and some value plays as well as well as some overall thoughts on the slate. Check out sportsethos.com and everything we have to offer. NFL, NBA, DFS, um, NFL, DFS, MLB, DFS, NBA, DFS, every single day coming at you with the goodies. I also do a write-up every week with some PGA DFS content, some PGA betting content. We've hit two winners in the fall season, six overall in the year 2023. So good stuff going on at Sports Ethos. If you're not with us, come give us a try and roll in some money. Let's go. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.